Listen up, ancient soul. There is wisdom in your bones, and this can serve you in your life and in your work. And before we begin, let's ask permissions to the indigenous, rightful stewards of the lands we sit upon and welcome the directions, the blessings of the East, of the South, of the West, of the North, of above, of below, and within, bringing ourselves through all time and space to be here. Let's breathe in and out, laying an offering on the ground, and let's merge soul and earth. The ancient mysteries bring us to the inner mystery of who we are. And as powerful as it can be to tap into ancient lineages, you know, I know for me has been the study of feng shui, for me has been the study of the I Ching, for me has been the study of yoga and Sufi traditions and karma healing and astrology, including Yotish and Vedic astrology, and so many more. As powerful and as beautiful as those are, it is also really important that we tap into the inner mystery and the wisdom that lives in our bones. So how do we do that? So I think that first we have to understand who we are. We have to understand how to be in right purpose in this lifetime, not talking purpose about like the job that you do, but more of the essence of who you are. And today I'm going to share a few tools and a few resources that you can connect to to go deeper. But before you even touch on those resources, there is the resource of you. And one of the ways that I love to give us context to who we are is understanding our soul age. So here I'm going to categorize them into three. And I know I'm being very simple about this and it's way more complex than putting you and me into a category of three. Like we fall into these three things. I know it's way more complex than that. But let's start there. Because this gives us a context to who we are, gives us a context to what we're contending with in this lifetime. And then also it gives us a context when we are relating to other people, our relationships, whether there are close relationships or family relationships or relationships with colleagues or friends or partners or even our children and our parents. Yeah, (laughs) there's that. And maybe we'll do a whole episode on that, right? (laughs) Um, But let's talk about that. Those three categories. I'm going to name them here as baby soul, adult soul, and old soul. And maybe you already know who you are. And maybe you've already kind of categorized people in your life and in certain ones just by saying that. And first, I want to say that this tool specifically is not meant to judge other people, 
but it's really meant to, like I said, give us context and help us understand ourselves. What happens when we know thyself, a comedic principle, we begin to express it more fully and really come out of whatever box we've put ourselves into and really like kind of unwrap the gift of who we are. So let's talk. Baby soul. Baby soul, as the name implies, is someone who is just beginning this experience in this lifetime. Now, of course, all of this assumes that you believe in reincarnation, assumes that you believe that the soul travels from lifetime to lifetime, comes here to grow, comes here to reunify itself with the divine comes here to get to know all aspects of the divine so that it can come back to love itself. There is this Sufi philosophy that speaks to that God wants to know itself. And so God being the ocean of wisdom and of omnipresence and omnibenevolence, in order for God to know itself, it has to compartmentalize itself into waves and then those waves into drops. And that God is able to see itself when it sees the drops separate from itself. And so that's when we say, oh yeah, you know when we all say like, we're all one. Yeah, we are all one. And also we are these different parts and arms and pieces of the puzzle of the full expression of the divine. And still, we are these pieces of puzzles. Still, we are these droplets. And the more that we kind of understand the polarity of this experience on planet Earth, the more that we can come closer to God in the everything, God in the um, each other, and whatever archetype we deem as holy, and then also God within ourselves. So when we are a baby soul, we are someone who's new to this experience. We are gonna be curious about everything. We are going to be obsessed with our physical bodies. We are going to be in exploration of the strength of our physical bodies or the kind of other end of non-strength, you know, the weakness of our physical body. We're gonna be in this full exploration and this full curiosity of it all. And it's all gonna be new. Some of us, when we are baby souls, we may pretend like we're old souls, but we're not. And so what this means is that if you're a baby soul making a cake, you're gonna be someone who needs to taste every ingredient, maybe before you add it, and needs to follow the rules a little bit, right? Like the the recipe to see how it all fits together. And then after you make the first cake, then you're gonna be like, you know what, it's a little salty. And so next time I'm gonna add a little less salt or it needs a little more sugar or it needs um, you know, a little more liquid. We are gonna be in the exploration of it all and there's literally nothing wrong with anyone being a baby soul. It's just where we're at. Then is the adult soul. The adult soul has lived a little, right? It's like a middle-aged person kind of thing. There's somebody who's lived, lived things, 
is in the exploration of taking knowledge and applying it and working with that, right? So they, it's going to be kind of hard to, for them to maybe place themselves, um, but they are definitely in the, in the deep exploration of what it means to be in the middle of it all. And the middle sometimes can look like someone who is in deep exploration of the spiritual, but is living a very um, mundane experience also. Um, a lot of the teachers actually that we see as famous spiritual teachers, like people like Deepak Chopra and maybe Gabby Bernstein, are probably not old souls. They're probably people that are contending a lot with like, oh, what happens when you hold uh, spiritual or um, wisdom and you are in the process of applying it and you're also really wrestling with your ego and really wrestling with what happens in this experience when you walk the in-between walk. And they're really kind of deep in it, right? And then there are the old souls. And the old souls are the people that feel like, I think I was just beamed down to the wrong place. I don't belong here. I don't get it. I'd rather just be in a state of nirvana and bliss and connecting with the ethers. And why do I have to make money? And why do I have to exist in this plane? And why do I have to contend with all this BS that happens here? <laughs> ah, and it's actually like the sweetest exploration for those of you who feel like your old souls is to begin to merge the two. Really begin to merge the two. Begin to merge how the spiritual lives in the third dimensional plane and how the third dimensional plane lives in the spirit world. And sometimes when we're old souls, actually doesn't mean that we have it all figured out. It means that we've lived a lot, we've had a lot of experiences, and we are contending with potentially like nuanced things. And the other thing I want to say is that it really doesn't matter what our outside experience is. The experience that we're having inside could be very different than our outside experience. Like sometimes in new age teachings and manifestation principles, people talk a lot about like we have to keep evolving and the more evolved we are, the more money we have or more riches we have. And there's not like, it's not untrue. That's not untrue, but also it misses a lot. We can't oversimplify have manifesting what we want that's physical to we're more evolved if we have more stuff. No, actually, that's probably more of like an adult soul situation because when you are an old soul, the experience that you're having may not look much different than um, adult soul or maybe even baby soul but you're contending with things that feel just a little bit more seasoned. So you could be someone who's homeless and be a baby soul because you're like literally having this experience of, oh my God, what is it like to support myself or not? And if you're an old soul being homeless, you are having the same 
outward experience, but the inward experience, you could be like a freaking philosopher, right? In that same experience. And the other thing I'll say is that life doesn't lie. This is a really hard one for me because sometimes I wish that, you know, there are certain things in my life that I wish I wasn't experiencing and I want to run the other way. But I always have to remember that life doesn't lie. And whatever it is that's in front of me is exactly what life wants me to take a look at. That doesn't mean I have to like stay in suffering. It can absolutely mean that I can envision and stretch myself and be the voyager of my own life for sure. And also life doesn't lie. So take a look at what is life telling you? One last thing that I want to say about the soul ages is that, remember, it's context, right? Context for ourselves and then context of how we are in relationship to other people. Again, this is not to judge other people. This is more to understand where they could be coming from. And then from that place of empathy and understanding, we can then make decisions of what boundaries we want to place within these very real experiences and relationships that we have here on planet earth. It is not easy, but it is beautiful to test the edges of our own understanding of ourselves and then also the understanding of another. Okay, now I want to get super granular with you. We went from like big picture and now I want to focus in on you. The most important thing is for you to tap to the mystery of your own intelligence, your own genius, and your own story. And I'm not just talking about the story that you've had in this life up to now. I'm talking about the story of your soul. There is a beautiful story within your soul. You can feel it, right? Like there are just certain things that you are naturally brilliant at. There are certain things that you are like, have a very specific pattern, a a very specific pattern, not always fun, um, that keeps happening and keeps repeating itself. And then there are other patterns that are like honey, that are beautiful that make you cry without understanding the emotion behind the tears. That is your soul archetype. We call it the Dharma types. The Dharma types are the ornaments to your soul. The experiences that you've had from lifetime to lifetime that keep getting enhanced and keep evolving and It's kind of like the gift that you have. And if you are a soul that has had many experiences and many lives, you have a lot of Dharma types. But there is probably a few that are probably knocking on your door. There are probably a few that really want you to pay attention to. So... You may be like now asking the question, like, how do I find out my Dharma type? (laughs) So I have a resource. It's a free resource. And you can go to ashaisnow.com forward slash Dharma. And that's D-H-A-R-M-A. And you can download this 
Dharma archetypal list and it's a whole workbook. It's amazing. But it'll it'll kind of point you towards the main archetypes that could be at play with you in this lifetime. Why does this matter? Like, why does it matter for you to tap into your soul archetype? I guess I should tell you a little story about how I found mine. So it was 18 years ago, and I was not having a whole lot of fun in my career. I was in a job that I hated, and I was really struggling with motherhood. I had a two-year-old at the time, and I was also not having a whole lot of fun in my marriage. (laughs) And we'll talk about that on another episode, but I wasn't. It was, life was feeling really hard. And at the same time, I was also really feeling like, wait a second, I am someone who has gifts. I have this great wisdom. I have these gifts and it is not it's not being seen and I'm not sure that I even see it, but certainly the people around me are not seeing it. And so I went to this man who was a karma healer and I went to see him 18 years ago. And in that, there were some karmas that he cleared and that's part of the work that I do. And we'll talk about karma clearing in another episode. But one of the most impactful things that he said to me was, you're a priestess and a mystic. And the mystic I knew, and the priestess was a new word for me. It was a new archetype that I recognized, but I knew nothing about at a cognitive level. And so my work back then was just the exploration of what that meant. And of course, as any time that we are anointed with any kind of archetypal tapping, you know, like any kind of like archetypal association and identification with, something happens. Life begins to conspire on our behalf, as in the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, one of my favorite books, by the way. And so I started, um, I got kind of pinged and drawn to do seminary work. And in the seminary work, I studied spiritual peacemaking and how the peacemaking curriculum was active in all religions. And part of that culmination of all those studies was being in the lineage of oil anointing, priestess, basically. So it began, you know, soon after that session that I had with him. And the archetype of the priestess really has transformed my very logical, sciencey brain. If you don't know, I was trained as a molecular biologist and have spent decades in the biotech industry, in sales and business development. And so essentially, I just started digging. I just started digging for how this archetype could live inside me. Now, I was in the thick of raising a family. At the time, I was like kind of the primary breadwinner. And so thinking about being a priestess and what that meant kind of came in little drops, you know, into my life. It wasn't like I could just dedicate my life to that. 
Life doesn't lie. Remember what I said? (laughs) So whatever it is that we got in front of us, that's exactly what we need to be contending with. And all of that brought me to a place of writing a book. It's called The Priestess Code, Awakening the Modern Woman, and also being able to take these principles that kind of came to me and started teaching me. And that's like a whole other story. I basically, I would say a few years after that experience of knowing that I held the priestess archetype, I had a mystical experience in the shower where I heard, hold these principles to be truth and to live by. And I nearly like collapsed in the shower because I was like, what the hell's happening right now? I grabbed a towel, water dripping everywhere. And I went to my notebook and wrote down what I heard. And what I heard were these seven principles that were just dictated to me. And I looked at them and I thought, these are really nice, but I don't live this way. And so I knew they were for me to explore. You know, it's like I had my Edgar Tolle moment where, I don't know, spirit, the universe hands you something and you think, oh, this is for everyone else. And then when I really looked at them, I was like, no, these are actually for me because <laughs> I don't live this way. And so they were, they, they became my teachers. And then as I started exploring them more deeply, I just thought, well, I, I want to share them with other people. And so I started running these meditation circles and kind of sharing them with people and bringing people into meditative state states so that they could allow these principles to kind of speak to them. Because I feel like that's the richness of who we are as a collective and as a community is it's not just about our individual experiences, but it's actually what gets shared in community that makes the individual and the whole more rich, you know? And so they kind of came alive, the principles, as I started sharing them and as people shared what they were receiving. And then years later, um, I wrote that book. And the reason I'm sharing all of this with you is because I want you to also tap into what happens when we connect to an archetype. It's not an overnight thing. It's an evolution. It's a play. It's a leaning in. It's a reading books. It's a learning from teachers, like rooted teachers. It's from our own exploration. And I would say that even though I feel pretty lucky that I had those principles come to me, I also had to had to priestess myself. Motherhood in the way that I wanted to do it consciously and having, as I call, very spirited daughters did not come easy to me. My relationship to my guy of 20 some years did not come easy to me either. So I had to learn to priestess myself. I had to learn to love myself. I had to learn to nurture myself. I had to learn to anoint myself. I had to learn to make myself holy in this very modern complex world that demanded a lot out of me. And I had to make some sense of it. And that archetype for me allowed me to remember that there was this ancient part of me that I could 
tap in and allow her to help me, allow her to facilitate a more embodied and a more beautiful and a more sweet experience in all of this. And so the priestess archetype did that for me. And I, I want that for you. I want that for you. I remember when I started really like leaning into my gift as a priestess and as a medicine person where I was on fire to help other people connect to their own essence and to be able to thrive in this material plane, yes, financially. I was so committed. I was so on fire because I wanted to make sure that living a beautiful, thriving life was not just was not reserved for a chosen few, but that it actually was available that is available for all of us because I want that kind of world for my daughters, you know? I want that. I want that kind of legacy. I want all of us to leave that legacy. And that's why I create those tools, you know? That's why I have this Dharma type that's just available. So don't forget to download it, by the way, because I think it'll really kind of guide you on what your flavor is right now. And sometimes the aspect that calls forth is doesn't make sense. I'm, I hear this all the time. Like people are like, I don't understand what this means. Like it's like, it's okay. It's okay to not understand it, but answer the call. That's really what our soul wants. Answer the call. Let's talk about answering the call. It's a little loaded because there is so much information out in the world. There are so many teachers. There are so many resources. There are so many books. And, you know, there's ChatGPT <laughs> and Google just to confuse us more. So our discernment of how we answer the call and the teachers that we seek to deepen that call matters. I want to give you just a couple like little tidbits, advice that can help your journey just a little sweeter. One is tap into your own discernment. And if you want to know like a really great way to learn how you uniquely are designed to make decisions, I, I want to just like drop in to have you look into your human design. Like human design was a tool that also came um, to me when I was in the thick of it, actually, in the thick of mothering. And I just recently published a book called um, Your Soul Map, Liberation, Human Design and the BIPOC Experience. So that's another great resource. But look at your human design because your human design will help you know how you make decisions. And this can be really pivotal when you are contending with a big call from your soul, right? So if you, you know, you realize that your soul archetype is priestess or medicine person or leader or architect or whatever it is that comes down for, you know, like that you tap into when you get that, that, um, that workbook, you want to be really discerning about how you explore that, right? And a second thing that I want to say around that, so one, know how to make decisions like that are, that 
aligns for you. Second is when you look for teachers in that area, I want to invite you to consider learning from people from those traditions or someone who has been spending a couple decades in devotion to a certain lineage because it matters who we learn from, you know? It matters who we allow to influence us. We don't want to give our power to someone who is uncertain of their own power. So someone who's contending with their ego is probably going to ask for our power without asking for our power. (laughs) And we don't want to hand that over. We want to make sure that we are in spaces and we can't guarantee this. I get that. It's part of, it's part of the whole thing. It's part of the learning thing, but we want to be in student teacher relationships with people who are going to have reverence for our own sovereignty and who are going to have clear boundaries themselves so that they can respect ours or at least encourage us to have our own if we're in exploration of what that looks like. And then the third thing that I would say with the answering of the call is to keep this in mind. You know how they say, they say this for artists and they also say this for like people in marketing is like learn the rules, embody the rules, master the rules, and then break them. You want to know when you've learned the thing and when you're like, I embody this thing and when it's time for you to be rebellious, when it's time for you to move beyond or different, a different flavor of your teachers or a different flavor of what the community or the world is suggesting. But you don't want to do that too soon because that just creates a mess. So you need to know when is the right time and really keep tapping into when is the right time for you. Bueno, bueno, bueno. That is all for today. I really hope that this journey that we've taken on brings you closer to the mystery in your own bones and some tools to help you bring that soul and connect it to the earth. Om Lokaha Samastaha Sukino Babantu Shanti 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 Om May all beings be happy and free and may everything I say, think, and do contribute to the liberation of all sentient beings. Let's seal the ceremonial space in the north, in the east, in the south, in the west, above, below, and within. And with this, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. Breathing in and breathing out. (laughs) 